We're talking about the book of Judges together in our daily Bible study and how God worked in the lives of his people when they first went into the land of promise, which he had, which he had promised to them. And I want to point out in chapter 3, God tested them. The Bible says, these are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. The, and he goes on to talk about they were left to, the t- to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands, which he had given their ancestors through Moses. So God, God allows tests in our lives. Now, God does not want us to fail, and he does not want us to sin, but he wants us to be strong. And you're never strong if you don't have any test. The rope that's never been pulled may not hold. The chain that's never been tied tight may easily break. So you need to know. You need to test the chain. You need, chain, you need to ch- test the rope. And you need to test the, the person to see if they're going to be able to trust God. And what, they, what God wanted them to see was that nothing was going to satisfy them. Nothing was going to meet their need except him. And these pagan peoples that were living all around them were going to influence them away from God if they didn't trust him. And sadly enough, they failed the test. Verse 6 says, They took their daughters in marriage and gave their daughters to their sons and served their gods. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the That Those were false gods, the worship of Baal and the worship of Asherah. And these gods were the gods of the pagan peoples who lived in the land. And there was this was direct obedience. God had firmly commanded them, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And that was the first of, and the greatest commandment of all. And they had refused that. They, they would not obey that. And they, they were willing to sacrifice everything to satisfy their own desires, their own whims, and their own way. And I think it's important that we realize that God loves us, but God also demands of us an all-out commitment. And if we don't make that commitment and we don't keep that commitment, there, is ser- there are serious consequences which come because of that, and those consequences are not easy to accept. And the, the fact that they failed in their worship and they failed in their faith by serving these other gods, you see, they began to trust what was empty and inadequate and followed the traditions of the people around them And that's why we as parents need to exhibit a personal faith. We need to show the people around us, and especially our own families, that our trust is in the Lord and that we're not going to let anything sway us from that. And, excuse me, we must help our children come to a personal encounter with him because I had a family that loved God and took me to church by by the time I was 10. I had trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior and given him my life. And at 13, I had sensed God called to preach. But all of that took place because I was given an environment by my parents. I was given an opportunity by my parents to be in fellowship with Christians and to be in church and to be where, God, where the good news of God was preached and where I had opportunities to grow.
and and they were they were not willing to compromise that. My dad had a barber shop, and he would work till twelve o'clock on Saturday night at that barber shop because Saturday was when so many of the country people came to town, and they got, they got their hairs their haircuts, and because of that, he would come home completely exhausted at midnight, but he was always up the next morning, and we were up to go to church and Sunday school because they knew what was important. They knew what mattered, and they knew it was worth whatever sacrifices that took. I've always been grateful for that. I'm just so grateful that I was blessed to have a wonderful Christian home in which to grow up in and wonderful Christian parents. Man, you may not have that, and you may not have had that, but... Even so, the Bible says that you can overcome that by making your own commitment to Christ and your own life and letting him be the Lord of your life. And so that that's what's important. One of the gods that the pagan people worshipped was Baal. He was the, the sun god. And, and, of course, the sun beat down heavily in that part of the world, and they could see that powerful blazing fire in the sky. And... It was, a, it was a kind of worship where they made human sacrifices and there were all kinds of things that they did. Another god they worshipped was Ashtoreth. That was a female goddess, the moon goddess. And this inv- involved a lot of lewd and immoral worship where they had prostitutes who, male and female prostitutes, who were a part of the worship. And this appealed to the sensual side of a lot of people and the sinful nature that we have, and it drew a lot of the Israelites in. But because of that, they they miss so much. And when we compromise, that's why the Bible says, Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. We have to make a choice whether we really want Jesus to be the Lord of our lives, the Lord of our families. And as we do, then, then that will make a real difference. And... They, they begin to cry out to the Lord in the midst of their dis- difficulty because now they had been taken over <clears throat> by uh, pagan, pagan peoples. And because of that, it was, it was a difficult, difficult time. And God raised up several people to make a difference. I just want to point out a few of those right now. One of them was Ehud. And the Bible says that the people did Israel, and because of this, the king of Moab came down. This is chapter uh, 3, verse 12. And he took them over, and they cried to the Lord, and he gave them a deliverer, Ehud, a left-handed man. And and uh, he Ehud uh, received directions from God, and he actually went and personally talked to the king of Moab and actually killed the king of Moab. And because of that, he led the people to overcome the Moabites and to get back their own country. And another person that the God used was a, a fellow named Shemgar. Verse 31 of chapter 3 tells us he struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad. He too saved Israel. So what was happening here, God was raising up ordinary people to do extraordinary things in amazing ways. Shemgar, we know nothing about except this one little statement in one verse that tells us that when they were in a desperate plight and the Philistines were trying to take them over, that 
God gave him strength, and he, he took an ox goad, and that was a strange weapon to have, and he, God empowered him to kill 600 people who were the enemies who were trying to take them over. You see, God takes what we have and uses it. He took a lunch of a lad, Jesus did, and fed a multitude. He took David with his sling and killed a giant. So we just have to trust God and give him what we have and he'll use it. So whatever you've got, let God use it today. God bless you. Have a great day.